Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles in the Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the top, the link at the top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course of Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the reading, the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're starting our reading in the Manual for Teachers with uh, the introduction and section one, Who Are God's Teachers? And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, which is lesson 336, Forgiveness Lets Me Know That Minds Are Drawing. And that will be led by friends. All right, Lori, do you... I'm Okay, Lori... Uh, do you have an opening you would like to share with us this morning? Boy, I really do, Lemoyne. Uh, today, I was led straight to this poem from Helen Schuckman in her book, The Gifts of God. The poem itself is called The Gift. You are a blessing. You have come to me because he asked you to, and you have come to speak to me about him so that he could show me through your voice the pathway home. I had indeed been lost until he came. Perhaps you did not know the gift you brought, yet what is one will always be the same, and you will surely learn as you have taught. You came because he asked, but did not know he spoke to you of him. His voice came through with crystal clarity. You came to show the gift you brought to me is given you. Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Oh, I love that, Lori. Thank you. Yes, that was beautiful, Lori. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, Lori. Thank you, guys. With us in reading this morning, we have Lori, Fran, Harrison, Robin Marie, Lana, Judy, and Sandra. And with us and listening, we have Ida. Is there anyone else who's joined who would like to either say good morning or join? Okay. All right. So, 
get us started here with the introduction. This is the manual for teachers in the introduction. <clears throat> the role of teaching and learning is actually reversed in the thinking of the world. This the reversal is characteristic. It seems as if the teacher and learner are separated, the teacher giving something to the learner rather than to himself. Further, the act of teaching is regarded as a special activity in which one engages only a relatively small proportion of one's time. The course, on the other hand, emphasizes that to teach is to learn so the teacher and learner are the same. It also emphasizes that teaching is a constant process. It goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping thoughts as well. Boring. A manual for teachers introduction. The role of teaching and learning is actually reversed in the thinking of the world. The reversal is characteristic. It seems as if the teacher and the learner are separated, the teacher giving something to the learner rather than to himself. Further, the act of teaching is regarded as a special activity in which one engages only a relatively small proportion of one's time. The course, on the other hand, emphasizes, I think we have one unmuted line. Uh, the, course, the course, on the other hand, emphasizes that to teach is to learn, so that teacher and learner are the same. It also emphasizes that teaching is a constant process. It goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping thoughts as well. Two, to teach is to demonstrate. There are only two thought systems and you demonstrate that you believe in one or the other is true all the time. From your demonstration, others learn and so do you. The question is not whether you will teach, for in that there is no choice. The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means for choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. You cannot give to someone else. And this you learn through teaching. Teaching is but a call to witnesses to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. Any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. No more than that, but also never less. Thank you, Lori and Fran. Two. To teach is to demonstrate. There are only two thought systems, and you demonstrate that you believe one or the other is true all the time. From your demonstration, others learn, and so do you. The question is not whether you will teach, but in that there is no choice. The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. 
You cannot give to someone else. And this you learn through teaching. Teaching is but a call to witnesses to attest to what you believe. It is a method of conversion. This is not done by words alone. Any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. No more than that, but also never less. Three, the curriculum that you set up is therefore determined exclusively by what you think you are and what you believe the relationship of others is to you. In the formal teaching situation, these questions may be totally unrelated to what you think you are teaching, yet it is impossible not to use the content of any situation on behalf of what you really teach and therefore learn. To this, the verbal content of your teaching is quite irrelevant. It may coincide with it or it may not. It is the teaching underlying what you say that teaches you. Teaching but reinforces what you believe about yourself. Its fundamental purpose is to diminish self-doubts. This does not mean that the self you are trying to protect is real, but it does mean that the self you think is real is what you teach. Thank you, Bryn. Ms. Harrison. Three. The curriculum that you set up is therefore determined exclusively by what you think you are and what you believe the relationship of others is to you. In the formal teaching situation, these questions may be totally unrelated to what you think you are. Yet it is impossible not to use the content of any situation on behalf of what you really teach and therefore learn. To this, the verbal content of your teaching is quite irrelevant. It may coincide with it or it may not. It is the teaching underlying what you say that teaches you. Teaching but reinforces what you believe about yourself. Its fundamental purpose is to diminish self-doubt. This does not mean that the self you are trying to protect is real, but it does mean that the self you think is real is what you teach. For this is inevitable. There is no escape from it. How could it be otherwise? Everyone who follows the world's curriculum and everyone here does follow it until he changes his mind, teaches solely to convince himself that he is what he is not. Herein is the purpose of the world. What else then would its curriculum be? Into this hopeless and closed learning situation, 
which teaches nothing but despair and death, God sends his teachers. And as they teach his lessons of joy and hope, their learning finally becomes complete. Thank you, Harrison. And Robin Marie. Going back to one sentence in three. But it does mean that the self you think is real is what you teach. Four, this is inevitable. There is no escape from it. How could it be otherwise? Everyone who follows the world's curriculum, and everyone here does follow it until he changes his mind, teaches solely to convince himself that he is what he is not. Herein is the purpose of the world. What else, then, would its curriculum be? Into this hopeless and closed learning situation, which teaches nothing but despair and death, God sent his teachers, and as they teach his lessons of joy and hope, their learning finally becomes complete. Five, except for God's teachers, there would be no hope of salvation, for the world of sin would seem forever, quote, real, unquote. The self-deceiving must deceive for they must teach deception. And what else is hell? This is a manual for the teachers of God. They are not perfect or they would not be here, yet it is their mission to become perfect here. And so they teach perfection over and over in many, many ways until they have learned it. And then they are seen no more, although their thoughts remain a source of strength and truth forever. Who are they? How are they chosen? What do they do? How can they work out their own salvation and the salvation of the world? This manual attempts to answer these questions. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Lana, would you just read five for now and pause? Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Except for God's teachers, there would be no hope of salvation, for the world of sin would seem forever, in quotes, real. The self-deceiving must deceive, for they must teach deception. And what else is hell? This is a manual for the teachers of God. They are not perfect or they would not be here. Yet it is their mission to become perfect here, and so they teach perfection over and over in many, many ways until they have learned it. And then they are seen no more, although their thoughts remain as a source of strength and truth forever. Who are they? How are they chosen? What do they do? How can they work out their own salvation and the salvation of the world? This manual attempts to answer these questions. Thank you, Lana. Yeah, I want to pause separately, partly, partly because 
I don't I don't know that I can come back and get what I think there is to highlight here. Um, first, though, I, I want to say, I'm the kind of reader, when I pick up the book, I go to the end and see where are we going. Not with a novel, but with something like this book. And so this is pretty much where I really started to read the book. And it, it works. It draws you right in. Um, let me go ahead and emphasize from from one, this thing that the role in the of teaching and learning is actually reversed. It seems as if they're separate, the teacher giving something to the learner rather than to himself. But the course emphasizes that teach is to learn. So the teacher and learner are the same. And it also emphasizes the teaching is a constant process that goes on every moment of the day and continues into sleeping thoughts as well. And this is very much what it says in Rules for Decision about decision being continued. And so to teach is to demonstrate. There's only two thought systems. They teach one or the other all the time. And uh, let's see. Delightful statement of the purpose of the course. The purpose of the course might be said to provide you with a means of choosing what you want to teach on the basis of what you want to learn. And from three, teaching but reinforces what you believe about yourself. Its fundamental purpose is to diminish self-doubt. This does not mean that self you're trying to protect is real, but it does mean self you think is real is what you teach. And from... So I'll skip down to five. Except for God's teachers, there would be no hope from salvation of the world, of the world, from the world. It would seem forever real. And self-deceiving must deceive before they must teach deception. And what else is hell? the manual for the teachers of God. They are not perfect or they would not be here. And it is their mission to become perfect here until they teach perfection over and over in many, many ways until they have learned. <clears throat> this manual attempts to answer these questions and we'll start the first of them now. Um, where it says, who are they? I think in this context, might be better said, who are we? So, Lana, would you pick up with section one and read the title in the par first paragraph? Certainly. Thank you for that review, Lemoyne. That was lovely. Okay, um, one, 
Who are God's teachers? A teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. His qualifications consist solely in this. Somehow, somewhere, he has made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interests as apart from someone else's. Once he has done that, his road is established and his direction is sure. A light has entered the darkness. It may be a single light, but that is enough. He has entered an agreement with God, even if he does not yet believe in him. He has become a bringer of salvation. He has become a teacher of God. Uh, thank you, Lana. And Judy. Yes, thank you, Lemoyne. Excuse me. Who are God's teachers? A teacher of God is anyone who chooses to be one. His qualifications consist solely in this. Somehow, somewhere, he has made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interests as apart from someone else's. Once he has done that, his road is established and his direction is sure. A light has entered the darkness. It may be a single light, but that is enough. He has entered an agreement with God, even if he does not yet believe in him. He has become a bringer of salvation. He has become a teacher of God. They come from all over the world. They come from all religions and from no religion. They are the ones who have answered. The call, the call with the capital C, is universal. It goes on all the time, everywhere. It calls for teachers to speak for it with a capital I and redeem the world. Many hear it with a capital I, but few will answer. Yet, it is all a matter of time. Everyone will answer in the end, but the end can be long, long way off. It is because of this that the plan of the teachers was established. Their function is to save time. Each one begins as a single light, but with the call, capital C, at its center, it is a light that cannot be limited. And each one saves a thousand years of time as the world judges it. To the call with a capital C itself, a capital I, time has no meaning. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And Sandra. Two. They came from all over the world. They came from all religions and form no religion. They are the ones who have answered. The call is universal. It goes on all the time, everywhere. It calls for teachers to speak for it and redeem the world. Many hear it, but few will answer. But it is all a matter of time. Everyone 
will answer in the end, but the end can be a long, long way off. It is because of this that the plan of the teachers was established. Their function is to save time. Each one begins as single as a single light, but with the call at its center. It is the light that cannot be limited, and each one saves a thousand years of time as the world judges it. To the call itself, time has no meaning. Three, there is a course for every teacher of God. The form of the course varies greatly. So do the particular teaching aids involved. But the content of the course never changes. Its central theme is always God's Son is guiltless and in his innocence is his salvation. It can be taught by actions or thoughts in words or soundlessly in any language or in no language in any place or time or manner. It does not matter who the teacher was before he heard the call. He has become a savior by his answering. He has seen someone else as himself. He has therefore found his own salvation and the salvation of the world. In his rebirth is the world reborn. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for three and paragraphs three and four of section one of the manual? Yes, I will. Um, there is a course for every teacher of God the form of the course varies greatly so do the particular teaching aids involved but the content of the course never changes its central theme is always God's son is guiltless and in his innocence is his salvation it can be taught by actions or thoughts, in words or soundlessly, in any language or in no language, in any place or time or manner. It does not matter who the teacher was before he heard the call. He has become a savior by his answering. He has seen someone else as himself. He has therefore found his own salvation and the salvation of the world. In his rebirth is the world reborn. This is a manual for a special curriculum intended for teachers of a special form of the universal course. There are many thousands of other forms, all with the same outcome. They merely save time. Yet it is time alone that winds on wearily, and the world is very tired now. It is old and worn and without hope. There was never a question of outcome, for what can change the will of God? But time, with its illusions of change and death, wears out the world and all things in it. Yet time has an ending, 
And it is this that the teachers of God are appointed to bring about, for time is in their hands. Such was their choice, and it is given them. Thanks. Well, thank, thank you, Ida. And uh, is there a new reader who would like to conclude with uh, paragraph one? We have a new reader for paragraph four, first section of the menu. Okay, back to you, Lori. Uh, paragraph four, and who are God's teachers? This is a manual for a special curriculum intended for teachers of a special form of the universal course. There are many thousands of other forms, all of which, all with the same outcome. They merely save time. Yet it is time alone that winds on wearily, and the world is very tired now. It is all to mourn and without hope. There never was a question of outcome, for what can change the will of God? But time, with its illusions of change and death, wears out the world and all things in it. Yet time has an ending. It is this that the teachers of God are appointed to bring about. For time is in their hands. Such was their choice, and it is given them. <clears throat> Thank you, Lori. And yeah, I don't, I don't want to try to summarize this. Um, I, I think we're short enough. We, we could just reread it. I one thing I would like to suggest that came to me as y'all were reading it that seems seems to speak for me and you know relate to how this looks after going through it through the course <clears throat> is to um, you know suggest to you to read it for yourself and for others as where you replace the words they and his the third person personal pronouns with the second person collective we and uh and see how that went. But um, for now, I think I'll just throw the floor open. We've got some time before the top of the hour. So. Floor is open. Good morning, everyone. It's Lana. Um, uh, in section one, um, where it says uh, somewhere, somehow, he has made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interests as apart from someone else's. You know, 
that for me was a key was a key because I, I uh, you know I went within and what self-interest would be universally true for every everyone you know with every son of God and what was given me is love and peace we all want love and peace um, and even when it shows up as um, anger in my brother or or whatever it's always a call for love and peace they're hurting they're wounded and I can say the same thing for myself too some, sometimes that's it kind of points to directly to everything is either love or a call for love when I and also I I try to remember too that um, my brother is my savior because he's showing he's reflecting back to me the content of my mind and so I I need to take ownership of that he's teaching me um, and my response will or I'll either respond with love or I'll react from fear but either way it's either a love it's either love or a call for love so no one's guilty of anything and I can hold any interaction with the brother um, in a compassionate loving way rather than a fearful way and um, and I and I'm more and more I find that um, when I remember that my brother and I are one and we share the mind we have in God um, you know it's it's more everything becomes more of a collaboration and I can hold it in my heart as love even if it doesn't look like love <laughs> because it's all love all the time the only thing time it doesn't look like love is when I've misperceived misinterpreted or assigned a different meaning to it you know we all give definitions to everything and if it shows up in a brother it seems it's that it seems alien to my understanding my ego will just jump in and want to re- defend and respond to it but I know I'm in spirit because um, even though the ego really hates being wrong Holy Spirit has no investment in being right so it's a peaceful inner interchange and um, and you know when I practice presence that's helpful too so um that was a major uh, learning for me and um, when I agree when I first came across the, the course it was the um, FIP edition and my guidance was to uh, read the clarification of terms and then the teachers manual first and it truly was helpful and you know just getting beyond all the different meanings of everything so I'm complete thank you for listening that was beautiful Anna thank you yeah, thank you Anna. thank you Anna. We receive the same guidance. Clarification of terms first, manual for teachers second. And I did the workbook. This is Harrison. Um, 
something fabulous more before the call that um, gave me um, an opportunity. Um, I occasionally get text messages from people I don't know. And this morning, I got one from uh, an area code I didn't recognize and wasn't associated with the name in my contacts. And it was to a person called Smith. And... uh, I said, you know, you have the wrong number. And the person says, so who are you and why is your number always on my phone? I'm curious why I have your number on my phone. Can you tell me your name? And my response was, who are you and why do you have my number? I'm not the one who initiated this text. I'm not Smith. And the response was, my name is Blair. If you don't mind, may I know your name, please? My response was, no, I don't know you. Sorry. Their response was, I'm sorry for this. Maybe I misread your number and sent it to you. Hope you don't mind. And somehow I got a little epiphany, I guess. And I responded, my name is Teacher of God. Is that who you are looking for? And the response was, are you playing game with me? I have no time for this. My response was, no, this isn't a game. And their response was, so what the fucking is teacher of God? And my response was, a teacher of God who one is one who somehow, somewhere, made a deliberate choice in which he did not see his interest as apart from someone else's. The response was, go to hell, stupid. And my response was, there is no hell. That was the end of our conversation. I'm complete. Oh, my God, that's so great, Harrison. I love it. <laughs> that was wonderful, Harrison. Thank you. That was great. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> that was great, Harrison. Using the opportunity, great opportunity.
Well, I might as well share. This is Sandra. And um, thank you, Harrison. That was such a great opportunity, and you took it, and, and it was just... Um, if that ever happens to me, I'm going to take your lead on it. <laughs> Go directly to the Course in Miracles instead of directly to my ego of like, who the hell are you calling me? You know, that kind of thing. So I appreciate that. Uh, that was a gift. Um, in paragraph two, it says, any situation must be to you a chance to teach others what you are and what they are to you. And I appreciate Lance for bringing that up um, because for, for most of my life, my mistaken beliefs about what I was was that I was a reject, you know, that I wasn't worthy, that I was a victim, all these things that were lies that told myself. And then they were mirrored back to me because the more I believed those lies, the more I attracted that in my in my life and people would treat me poorly because I already had taken on the fact that I was or the thought and that's not a fact the thought that I was a victim and so people then victimized me um, just living up to the energy that I was putting out there of being a victim so that's all shifting now um, and it's interesting because my my oldest relationships are with family, and it hasn't shifted for them. It's shifted for me. So this journey back is giving me so many opportunities to forgive. I'm complete. Forgive myself first that is. and forgive others <laughs> for their, in their energy. Thank you, Sandra. Yes, begins in me. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That's great, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I just love the way that um, introduction mm-hmm. sum, summarizes what the course is has been trying to teach me that um, I like the way Lemoyne you you said to teach is to demonstrate it in the text um, Christ Jesus speaks of um, demonstrate that you are not an ego when I thought a long while on what that meant but um, I like the way um, it Every, any situation, circumstance, um, that teaching's going on all the time mm-hmm. and taking every opportunity um, to teach what we're learning in the course, to teach only love, that being what we are. Um, and this um, one line in, in the fourth paragraph, that says we can't escape it, that we're doing it. But the, the, the thing is to be mindful of it, that um, what the world's curriculum, the world's teaching is, and its purpose is solely to convince me that I am what I am not. So 
okay. <laughs> um, you know, that the world is propaganda for itself or um, false evidence appearing real and that I'm not a body, I'm spirit. So going into to, um, how do I work out my own salvation? I woke up this morning, last few mornings, thinking, save yourself. You are one. Save yourself. <laughs> Myself with a capital S. And what is that but release from false, fixed core beliefs that the world has taught us, that we are what we are not. And um, I just love this. It's our mission. We're on a mission from God to become perfect here so that we teach perfection over and over in many, many ways until we've learned it. And um, that's um, so that we can learn the truth of who we are. And... um, Ooh-wee. I won't say any more for now. It's time for our lesson. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. This is Mindy. Did I miss our review of the workbook lesson? I had to get this. <laughs> For you, you got to take a picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Robin Marie is off mute. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Mindy. I've I've uh, <laughs> I sort of drifted off into section one and seeing the. Oh, so much was I? You were off mute. That's fine. <laughs> Did you get your picture? Uh, I got a Santa hat for somebody that I got a little baby gift for, and I had to get it because it would look so cute on his dad. Sorry. <laughs> am I on mute now, or am I talking? You're no, we hear you. Okay, now I'm muting. And so, yeah, thank you for the reminder, Mindy. Um, we are past the top of the hour. So uh, I turn to you, Fran. And, oh, I, and, I uh, just want to say, though, thank you for the share, uh, Sandra and, um, and everyone else. They were beautiful. I'm complete. Thanks, Lemoyne. I'm, I'm ready. Thank you, Lemoyne. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. And the theme we're on is What is the Ego? The lesson for today is Lesson 336. Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. So I shall read some from What is the Ego? The Ego is idolatry, the sign of limited and separated self, born in a body, doomed to suffer, and to end its life in death. The Ego is insane. In fear, it stands beyond the everywhere, apart from all, and separation from the infinite. The Son of God is egoless. What can he know of madness and the death of God when he abides in him? To know reality is not to see the ego and its thoughts, its works, its acts, its laws, and its beliefs, its dreams, its hopes, 
its plans for its salvation, and the costs belief in it entails. Yet will one lily of forgiveness change the darkness into light, the altar to illusions, to the shrine of life itself, and peace will be restored forever to the holy minds which God created as his son, his dwelling place, his joy, his love, completely his, completely one with him. I will go over to the lesson. Lesson 336. Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. Forgiveness is the means appointed for perception's ending. Knowledge is restored after perception first is changed and then gives way entirely to what remains forever past its highest reach. For sights and sounds at best can serve but to recall the memory that lies beyond them. Forgiveness sweeps away distortion and opens the hidden altar to the truth. Its lilies shine into the mind and call it to return and look within, to find what it has vainly sought without. For here, and only here, is peace of mind restored, for this the dwelling place of God himself. In quiet may forgiveness wipe away my dreams of separation and of sin. Then let me, Father, look within and find your promise of my sinlessness is kept. Your words remain unchanged within my mind. Your love is still abiding in my heart. I'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 336, Forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. In quiet, may forgiveness wipe away my dreams of separation and of sin. Then let me, Father, look within and find your promise of my sinlessness is kept. Your word remains unchanged within my mind. Your love is still abiding in my heart. Lesson 336, forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you, friend. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, guys. Thanks, friend.
Good morning. This is Mindy. I found myself being in my ego and wanting to play victim so that I could get things from people. I need this more than you. You know, that kind of thing. Give it to me. I'm like, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a very flattering thing to realize about myself. Um, I've been looking at the issue of feeling sorry for myself and choosing to shift it to knowing that everything that happens to me is for my good and there's enough for everyone, including me. And um, I remember, it's like, you know, there's enough time, there's enough energy, there's enough love, there's enough substance, and all I have to do is realize that I'm the channel through which it comes, either through me or to me. and that it is God who provides anything that comes to me from someone else. And running around, going to do this and that, where I need to ask for a discount on my vet you know, bill, uh, or I think I do. If I remember that minds are joined and that we are all one, oh, under God, indivisible. <laughs> we could use the national anthem and... and and it's just such a beautiful shift, and there's so much peace when I get that we're all one and that we are sharing the love, the substance, the energy, the life of God. And it is unlimited, so no one can sacrifice. And that they cannot, as long as it is not they, the small self doing the giving. And I trust my brothers who are one with me And I love the fact that at the times when I feel like I'm most pressed as an individual, separate self, needing something more, that when I reach out to my brothers, it is such an opportunity to be brought back into the kingdom and know that we're all one. And it's just, it's just such an opportunity. It's a catalyst. So... I'm grateful for the challenges in my life that seem to beset this body because it makes me reach out to other people and then I'm back in the truth and the reality and the peace. So that's who I met about to rush out the door and just know that <clears throat> there's enough well-being and energy and strength in my body to take care of everything that I need and I don't need to be a victim. I don't need to be separate. And my forgiveness of everything which means I don't judge anything as bad. My forgiveness of everything, exactly the way I am, even forgiveness of self, that does allow me to know that I am one with others. Everything is here for my good, including things that I seem to be dealing with now that don't seem to be pleasant. I'm exactly where I'm meant to be, and I know that I'm going exactly where I'm meant to go, all I need to do is be at peace and enjoy that every moment. Thank you. That's my commitment today, to be at peace, to know that we are one, and to say everything that comes to my mind that wants to present me as a grievance, that this is actually good, and to give it can come naturally from that particular perspective. Thank you. Thanks. 
Thank you, Mindy. Oh, thanks, Mindy. Thanks for listening. I'm going to work that out in my mind and heart. And I love you guys. And I'll keep you with me as I go doing my thing. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Mindy. Forgive the world. Forgive the dream. It's a dream of judgment. You know, I woke up this morning to saying, what is salvation? What is forgiveness? Someone spoke like this. A couple people did on the on Reverend Pam's um, lesson call this morning. And, you know, it's like practicing getting up every morning and forgetting yesterday. The past is gone. Anything I ever learned from yesterday, the past is gone. What do I think I know? And I woke up and I was like, I really didn't know. I couldn't remember. And I was like, well, you can open up the book and and remind yourself what you think you know. And I sat quietly for a long time. And, um, you know, it's it's really um, what came to me. And it's funny because... um, God's word, the wordless answer <laughs> that it says it speaks of when I let go of everything I think I know about the world, the purpose of the world, my purpose in the world, the purpose of everything I see that I give purpose and meaning to. It's like, what's it all about? You know, it's like, okay, here I am, here and now, again. And again and again, and and then we come to this beautiful reading. And I just love this, um, a reinstatement of the truth, I, as I know it, as I know it in my experience of it, that that it's, it's, it's not complicated, it's really rather simple. You know, that I, I get over um, taking myself and what I think so seriously by forgiving myself when I make myself suffer, um, who's doing it to who, nobody's doing it but me, and um, taking responsibility for what I think and how I see. How is it I'm seeing things? And um, recognizing the teaching of the world and what a, um egoic thought system that I learned full well. I learned how to compete and succeed and achieve and strive and earn and work hard and you know, talk about getting tired, you know, you get to the end of it and it's like, okay, here's death. <laughs> I'm glad I learned to die to yesterday um, before I, ca- I came to the actual actuality of my physical death because um, I'm recognizing more and more every day through um, you all and um, all of my teachers that I... Um, I encounter my holy encounters through the day to teach me that all I have is here and now, right here and right now, and um, to love it, to love it large. It's large in its in its in its ultimate death speck, insignificant, or its huge immensity. You know, it's like whatever 
I think about it's really unimportant and not thinking it's what makes everything seem really important. But the forgiveness was definitely a root, a means, the means of forgiving what we, what I thought I had made myself um, was a means to, to release me from what I thought I made of myself, the curriculum of the world, what I had thought I made of myself, be it for good or bad. I mean, it was really great, and I was really sore, and, but I came to a place of great despair, as you've heard me share. And um, one way or the other, my uh, assumptions and conclusions about who I think I am are all false. And it helped release me to understand and experience the truth of who I am as love, teaching, teaching, teaching love, knowing that love is what I am and what what gives me the greatest joy is in extending that. And I feel inadequate unless I am doing that because that is my function. That is my purpose as God created me. So it's simple for me this morning. And that's all, folks, the end. <laughs> joy to the world. Eternally. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you, Jude. Hi, it's Lana again. Um, uh, in that, uh, um, I don't know what we would call it, topic with these, what is the ego? You know, it's, um, I think of, um, in order to come from a loving place, because love heals, in my, you know, for me, love always heals, I, I try to think of the ego as my humanity, you know, and, and in order to be at peace, I need to align with my divinity instead. But the, the ego is, is, is just like a, little child that wants attention and and it acts out it it um just pulls it just will do anything even viciousness um to get attention because attention validates its, its existence and um the last few days i was just watching my mind so closely being like an observer to it you know and because i was having chest pain and, um, you know, and I take, I have nitroglycerin, I'll take the nitroglycerin, and uh, the pain will go away. And I was just watching my mind um, being sucked into worry and concern. And I would immediately <laughs> come back to Holy Spirit and say, oh, Holy Spirit, please don't pay any attention to his thoughts. I'm not trying to make a heart attack. I just want to be at peace. Please heal those thoughts. And, and you know, I must have done that 20 times in the last couple of days. <laughs> and uh, as long as I, I was watching my mind and I was trying to justify, you know, my mind was trying to justify the the. Um, the chest pains, and I've had two heart attacks, so I know what a heart attack feels like. And it's, and this wasn't a heart attack. Um, at this level, it was just 
my ego tried to make me believe that something bad was going to happen. And I would catch myself having the thought, oh, should I call 911? And then I'd go, cancel, cancel. <laughs> cancel, cancel. Don't pay any attention to that thought, Holy Spirit. Just heal my mind and bring me back to peace. And, and all was well, you know. I, I think uh, because of the lung infections and pneumonia, my, my lungs are just really sore. And they're healing. They're still healing. So that was the thought. Um, that replaced the one <laughs> of worry and dread. So um, ego is 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 was just so was just wanted some attention. It wanted attention, and um, and I didn't give it to it. But I, you know, I I just try to picture it as a, you know, a little kid that's trying to act out and get attention. So anyway, thanks for listening. I'm complete. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, Thank you, Lana. Yeah. Thank you, Lana. Yeah. Thank you, Lana. Isn't that good? So very good. I was glad experiencing. Oh, sorry. I was experiencing something yesterday because, um, and it made me think of what you just said because my daughter was kidnapped um, when she was eighteen, and she's now thirty-nine. And I hadn't heard from her for a, about a week. And I started getting concerned. And I was doing the same thing. My ego was saying, oh, should I call? Should I call the police? Is she a missing person? Well, no, <laughs> she isn't. And she wrote me back. Finally, she texted me and said she was just sad. She she has a very old dog that's passing. So, um, yeah. So, uh, But I did the same thing. I kept saying, no, this is not right. Get out of my thoughts. This is not true. That Holy Spirit, you know, is in the now, not in our past. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Oh, thank you for that, Robin Marie. Thank you. Thank you. That the ego is a fearful thought, any fearful thought. Any worry, anxiety, concern, that's so important. Um, I love the way you share that. Um, the, the being mindful of the where, mindfully, knowingly aware that I am um, not my thoughts. I am, the, I am the awareness of my thoughts. That I am is awareness, and that is what is everywhere and goes with me all the time everywhere I go, that love, the end. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, thanks, Robin Marie. I appreciate you. I appreciate you guys, too, guys and gals. Thank you. All of you are terrific. Thank you. <laughs> it's interesting. Just like the comment on uh, today to last Forgiveness lets me know 
Let my wounds start your wind. And if pointing out to me how central the idea of forgiveness is in undoing the separation, which is my only problem. And I see sin and separation as synonymous, uh, the same, because both imply that my separation from God, from perfection, is real. And then I did a, a, a terrible thing uh, and viciously attacked my creator by deciding that I would separate from God And fortunately, uh, through the course, what I'm learning, uh, of course, is that that never happened. Um, that my, my mind and God's are still one. There are no differences. There is no sin. There is nothing but God and Christ. And the oneness of God and Christ is totally unaffected by what really never happened. I have been reliving the separation. I have allowed the thought of separation from God to guide my life. And thankfully, the Course has offered a, for lack of a better word, Course Correction. I am learning that there is nothing but God and His creation with Christ. And that encompasses me and all of my brothers and sisters. 
all of our minds are joined in the one mind he calls for Christ, God's only creation, God's perfect creation. So, what the Course is teaching me is to shift my perception of the world, which is what forgiveness is. And that will allow me to understand that there is just one of us here in mind, small m, and in mind, capital M. That's it. And forgiveness is the means appointed for perceptions ending. Forgiveness is what I thought happened did not occur. And I can apply that to that instant of separation quote-unquote, separation. And I can apply that to what seems to be occurring between my brothers and sisters and myself. Just step back and recognize that what my mind, small M, is telling me has occurred, did not occur, that it could not. I could not be attacked, and my brother could not attack me. So when someone says, go to hell, I don't have to see that as an attack. I can see that as an opportunity to learn. And I can see it as an opportunity to join with the mind of my holy brother and holy sister. Because they're all, that's, that's my function here. And that's all I need to do. And as a result, I'm freed from this illusion. I'm complete. That was very beautiful, Harrison, and very on point. Yeah. Thank you. That was great, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison.
Hi, this is Ida. I get a news a newsletter called The Holy Encounter from the Miracle Distribution Center. And the latest edition talks about the Holy Encounter retreat and the recap of the one last year and when is the one this year, or I mean next year. And um, a lady uh, wrote a letter to um, Beverly McNeff, the director, and I'm going to just read a paragraph from this letter because I feel that it, it talks about what we share as being teachers of God. Beverly, I hope you know what a force you are as a teacher of the Course. You are exactly what this world needs right now. You have touched my spirit as few have. You have helped me find my source, my strength, my light, and most importantly, my truth. There is no doubt that the Course is my path. I'm so grateful I found my way to you and the family that MDC has created. You are the Holy Spirit's perfect instrument. Your, la- your light stands bright in this world, and I can assure you that it erases the darkness more than you may know for all of us around this world. So I just thought you'd like to hear that. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Uh, thank, thank you, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, I'm so grateful for today's lesson. That forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. I think in this lesson it says forgiveness is the means for perceptions and end. And when I thought about that this morning, well, the logical question that came to my mind was, who, who, who casts the veil of ignorance? We talk about that veil of ignorance all the time, but um, when I realized that it's my mind that casts the veil of ignorance, I begin to discover freedom. One second.
my doggies are so hyper alert sometimes. Um, but for the wrong thing. <laughs> and that's the veil of ignorance. <laughs> um, hyper alert for the wrong thing. And, and I thought about it this morning in conjunction with um, this introduction to the manual for teachers and who are God's teachers. And um, in light of who casts the veil of ignorance, it's here for me to learn that it's my mind that did that and it's my mind that can lift it. I thought about it in relation to um, my first really, really great teacher who um, probably opened the door for me to discover this Course in Miracles. And he said to me one simple, simple sentence. He said, I sense that we are on parallel paths. I sense that we are on parallel paths. And here was me um, thinking very, very poorly of myself. <laughs> and And someone who I really respected and looked up to said, I think we are on parallel paths. And it, it began my journey, that simple sentence. Because what he was saying to me is, there is no veil of ignorance. You and I are the same. Me thinking very poorly of myself, looking up to him, saying we are the same. And um, forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined, says exactly the same thing. Um, oh, there's so many, so many, so many ramifications for it. But when I think about, um, I, was, I, I had just started my nursing career at that time. And um, by the grace of God, my first job in nursing was to be a real rehabilitation nurse. And so many of my patients were severely disabled. Um, and it was my job to help them find their strengths. And so for him to say we are on parallel paths at that very point in my career uh, helped me realize that I am both the teacher and the learner. And that's how life is. I'm both the teacher and the learner. He says, you teach the thought system you want to be the truth. And, um, and, and it gets really clear for me when I realize that I can't teach that I have something that someone else does not. If I am trying to teach that, I'm teaching my mind in error. Because I have nothing that everybody else does not also have. That's the problem of the ego. <laughs> In its grandiosity, it thinks it has something that everybody else doesn't have. And that's what he means when he says the world's teaching and learning are totally reversed. <laughs> the teacher seems to have something the learner doesn't. God's plan is that I learn unity, that we are the same. And if I go around thinking I have something that somebody else doesn't have, what will I lead but a life of separation? You from me, me from you. makes no difference how I see it. I've cast the veil of ignorance. And so God's plan 
God's plan is the plan of projection. And now I start to understand what he means in paragraph two of the introduction. You choose the thought system you want to be true on the basis of what you want to learn. So how about this? To teach is to project. If I'm projecting the thought system of truth, there's nothing to forgive. Because in the thought system of truth, my brother is as innocent of what I think I am as he is as innocent of what he thinks he is. God's son is guiltless. And in his innocence is his salvation. Now a lot of lessons start to come clear. Teach no one that he is not what you would not want to be. How about that? <laughs> That's what forgiveness does for me. Forgiveness lifts the veil that I cast with my mind. I did that. I did that. And forgiveness lifts the veil because it teaches me the truth that minds are joined. We are the same. God's Son is equal in His holiness. And to agree to teach is to agree to me uh, to project the truth, the thought system I want to be the truth. He says, if, if you want to be a healer, do it like me, way back in the introduction to the principles of miracles. Do it like I do. Uh, here's how I do it. I deny the denial and I project the truth. Deny the denial and project the truth. What a puzzle that is to ego. <laughs> but here's the great adventure. We are here to teach. We're not egos. And God's plan is so, so simple. And his lessons, remember he says his lessons are so gentle. What is temptation? But another opportunity to realize you're teaching a thing that you are not. And you're teaching your brother the same thing. Teach no one that he is not what you would not want to be. We are both equal in his sight. I am both teacher and learner. Next week, um, <laughs> next week he says, uh, God's teacher is the one who does the teaching. Um, the learners are two who have joined to realize the truth that we are both holy in his sight. That in point of fact, we belong to each other. And if you belong to me, how could I possibly condemn you? To condemn you would be to condemn myself. To judge you would be to judge myself. So back to my nursing career. It took, it took a real turn in those first couple of years where I thought I had something that somebody else didn't have. I, I possess the secret of health. And here, let me correct you so that you don't see yourself as sick anymore. That's, that's not care. That's not teaching. That's not projecting the truth. I learned that you are holy, beautiful in his sight. And let me, let me help you discover your perfection. Let me help you realize that while this one little thing seems to be off kilter, 99.9% .9 of you is totally perfect. And that's life, you know. 
I'll, I'll be here as long as I still need to learn perfection. And I learn perfection from my brother. I can't teach myself my innocence. I can't wake myself. But when I learn to be grateful for this one who teaches me what I am, and how does that work? He says, to teach is to witness. To teach is to witness. It's to attest to the thought system you want to be the truth. And if I teach only love, what is, what is there to learn? If I teach only love because that is what you are, I'm teaching, um, I'm, I'm projecting it. I'm projecting it. And if I'm projecting love, that's going to be witnessed to. One, one time, it was just last year, this thought came to me uh, from somewhere not my own mind. It said, you know what you are in the light of your brother's awareness. To me, that's forgiveness lets me know that minds are joined. I know what I am in the light of my brother's awareness. And when my brother perceives love from me, I learn that I am love. The teacher is God's teacher. I'm not... Um, I'm not anything, <laughs> really. The teacher is God's teacher. And eventually I, I learned that together we'll disappear into the presence beyond the veil, not to be lost but found, not to be seen but known. When I know you as myself, and Harrison, thank you. Thank you for saying there's just the one Holy Son of God. And that's what I am. That's what you are that's what we all are uh, I learned what it was I came to learn because I learned what I came to teach there is no separate teacher and no separate learner we are each other's learners <laughs> teach no one he is not what you would not want to be it, a few years ago it might be five now um, I've told this story before, but it's such a perfect example of how gently he teaches. You know, he's, he never, ever condemns the mind of the atonement. You know, never, ever, ever condemns. But one day I was in such an urgent rush for coffee because I'd been deprived for two days. So I used my little Starbucks app and I went through the drive through and I ordered ahead and, and I expected my drink to be there, but it wasn't. So I went into the store, and here's all these other people that came in after me, and they're walking off with their coffee. And I started to get kind of mad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and right there, right then, right in that moment, the voice of the Holy Spirit said to me, are you an ego? That's how gentle are his lessons. I'll never, ever, ever forget that. I'd been prepared to teach someone that he was not what I wanted to be because, by God, he didn't have my coffee ready. I mean, how stupid is that, you know? Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, what is the thought system I want to be the truth? 
He says there's two voices and two ways to see, and you look in before you look out. Perception's not a fact, it's a choice. And when I choose the guide for seeing, I will see the truth. It's just that simple. You make love manifest, its witnesses will come to you and show you that you decided that love is the thought system you want to align your mind with. To teach is to project. He says every mind must project. That is how it lives. It's a law of mind. Every mind must project. And if I'm projecting with the Holy Spirit, um, everything around me is going to return to me the witness for the truth of love. And uh, by that I learn what I truly am. There's no other way for me to learn it but that um, but that I learn that this place, this way of seeing, this life is a is a totally reflective universe. It is all in the mind of God. It all reflects the mind of God. And so here's just my final humorous note on the introduction to the manual for teachers and in Who Are God's Teachers. My subtitle for these two sections are How to Learn to Work with Mirrors. When I let holiness project truth to my mind, that's what is going to be projected, not my ego. So how to work with mirrors, how to um, learn to reflect the love of God here. That's what he means when he says divine abstraction takes joy in application. And for all those years I wandered alone, um, I had to come here to learn how to reflect because we can't do it alone. Self, capital S self, is all of us. And um, how can I be a small self and learn capital S self without my brother? How to learn to work with mirrors. I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Uh, thank you, Lori. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. So happy to share your journey. So helpful. Thank you. Boy, me too. Me too. Thank you, Lori. Well, today's, this is for mine, today's lesson especially, but also the reading is somewhat indirect. Brought me to uh, one sentence in a paragraph from Course of Love. One that sticks with me that I, I 
I can tell. I'm teaching it to learn it. <laughs> and uh, um, it is this thing that uh, forgiveness and joining are linked. And, you know, I can see it even in paragraph 3 of, of section 1. There is a course for every teacher of God and getting the, the call to read that. Is, there is a course for each and every teacher of God. It is. And third, this is an individualized curriculum. And so the form of the course varies greatly. And so do the particular teaching aids. A cup of Starbucks coffee. <laughs> But the content of the course never changed. <clears throat> and so the the sentence <laughs> Okay, I'm not gonna chafe at this guy. The sentence I'm gonna read this sentence once and uh then do it like basketball players do it, right? They run to the to the foul line and back to the baseline. A half court. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it like it's this kind of ladder. Right. So the sentence is joining rests on forgiveness. So joining, joining rest. So it's not effort. Joining rest. Joining rest. On forgiveness. Joining. Breath. Joining. This restoral of unity, I think, is one of the... Um, the greater goal, of course, is to restore us to unity and unity. It's entire. Um, so it's both greater and particular. And it is achieved through resting, like on forgiveness. And there is a sentence in the Course where forgiveness rests. Forgiveness rests upon the one who forgives. Forgiveness rests upon the one who forgives until he realizes he doesn't need it anymore. And the, the restoral to our our state as we were created, you know, our restoral to our understanding of ourselves as the creation of the whole that is only seeming to be absolutely particular but it's just an individuated part of the whole um, and the goal the goal is achieved not by doing or striving or anything like that but by undoing and letting go through forgiveness and uh, well we're past the top of the hour so I won't read the whole paragraph which is from Course of Love, which is the first paragraph of, a, of Chapter 6, which was 
originally titled just Forgiveness, but in the second edition, <clears throat> Mari was instructed to add joining. So it's just for, now the title is Forgiveness slash Joining. And you know, just contemplate how those are the same thing. Forgiveness is merely the resurrection of the idea that and, and there I'm complete and I ask you Lori do you have a specific close for the call the recorded call um well yeah you know in in um, in this teaching and learning seeking and finding um this seems to uh, point to truth today. The truth of minds are joined. It's from the Guide to Miracles in Chapter 11. It says, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. The contradictory nature of the witnesses you perceive is merely the reflection of your conflicting invitations. You've looked upon your minds and accepted opposition there, having sought it there. But do not then believe that the witnesses for opposition are true. They attest only to your decision about reality, returning to you the message you gave them. Love is recognized by its messengers, and in this world, forgiveness is as close as we can get. If you make love manifest, its messengers will come to you because you invited them. And this is how I learned that minds are joined. We're both teacher and learner. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lori and Lemoyne and everybody. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lori, for that. Yeah, thanks guys for walking me home. I'm so grateful.